0: Hello, it is 8 a.m. in New York, 2 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 7 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday United Bean from sundaybean.com, and I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations. And I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. Before we kick off the theme of midlife, for our Global Life in the Hard series, I would love to take a moment to celebrate. Today is Expat Happy Hours 250th episode. You got it. That is 250 weeks in a row of uninterrupted episodes just for you, my listeners. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a listener of Expat Happy Hour, and especially to those who have been with me for the last five years, a heartfelt thank you. A big thank you as well to my podcast producer, Danielle, insert cheering crowd audio, (laughs) for your support every day, every step of the way, Danielle. All right. This is a labor of love and you listening means everything to me. So I just wanted to make sure that I pause for a moment and celebrated this milestone. Okay. So let's move on to the topic of midlife. Now, if you are not yet in midlife, this is also for you, right? Trust me, what I know from my work with intergenerational women is that there are so many things that Those who are in their 20s and let's say 30s wish they knew when they get to their 40s and 50s. And that means listening to the stories of women who are in midlife or later, there are so many things they wish they had known that someone would have told them or ideas or paradigms that would have never been shoved down their throats because when they got to midlife, it was like a rude Awakening. So, we're going to talk about midlife all this week inside Expat Happy Hour and inside my group, Expats on Purpose, to sort of smash some of those ideas around midlife and offer support for those who are feeling some hard bits that come with midlife. When you hear the term midlife, what is the first thing that comes to mind? You got it, midlife crisis. (laughs) But we have to question this term considering its origins. According to an article in the Atlanta, Pamela Druckerman explains that the term was invented in London in 1957 by a 40-year-old Canadian, Elliot Jock. He studied the lives of great artists from centuries prior and himself to draw his conclusion. In recent years, we're seeing that the idea of a midlife crisis are being challenged when we focused on the real crises that are happening in people's everyday lives. There's a book that I really love called Life is in the Transition, Mastering Change at Any Age. Bruce Filder talks about lifequakes and how lifequakes can actually happen at any time in life. And kind of the bad news is they last like three to five years. (laughs) They can be from something internal or something external. This is what I call transformation, right? And I like to think about lifequakes as an opportunity to leverage that transformation in a way that makes the most of it for you, right? Some of those transformations you don't get to choose, but others you can sort of support. But we're going to talk about some of the myths and things that we have around midlife, some things that have been sort of twirling in my mind that I want to just bring out to light and see whether you think they're true or not. I also really adore the work of Barbara Waxman. She is a gerontologist and life coach, and she talks about this term middle essence, middle essence, kind of like adolescence, but for mid-age. She says it's a transitional period between the ages of about 45 to 65, marked by an increased desire to find or create greater meaning in one's life, right? i I I totally see that happening. A lot of my clients I work with are within this range, and that's when they're looking for more purpose and meaning. And I love that it has this term, middle essence, and I'll say more a little bit about that why in a second. Because if we know it's coming, like adolescence, we know it's coming, we understand what some of the bumps will be. And we have strategies to sort of get through it. This is why I've also brought in Don Fleming in the Global Life in the Hard series this week to talk about the desire for a midlife reset and Jane Ordaz to talk about menopause. If we know it's coming, we're more prepared. What if we felt that equipped for middle lessons? What if it was just as normal as adolescence and we treated it as such and we had strategies at our fingertips to work with it wouldn't that be different? Wouldn't this word of crisis go away, right? I mean, it, it just bothers me because this is just being human, right? I'm a human who happens to be in midlife. I digress. Now, let's look at what's going on with evolution with our uh, for a population. This idea of middalescence, this period from 45 to 65 might be happening. When we look at the life expectancy of the world population, right, so life expectancy at birth, and we're checking on data from the United Nations Population Division estimates. I was shocked to see that life expectancy in the 1950s globally was 45 half for men and 48.5 for women. What? Right, that is amazing. So some of you who are listening are already older than that. I know that I'm heading towards that direction. What would we be doing, what would we be doing differently if we knew that life was on its way out in a year or two, right? (laughs) What would we be doing differently in terms of our planning and our goals, right? Imagine if life, you know, when life expectancy was in the mid 40s, how people behave differently, right? My parents were born in 1950. So they were being raised by parents who expected life to be shorter than we expect now, right? So imagine all of the things that we assumed that were being taught then are now inside of our bodies, but The actual reality of how long we'll live is changing. According to UN data, by 2060, our global life expectancy will reach 80 years of age. In the next 40 years alone, life expectancy in South Africa is projected to move from 64.38 to 71.11. In Canada, from 82.57 to 87. In Spain, from 83.69 to 88.42, and in Japan, from 84.77 to 89.35. So that means as a population, we're growing older. And thanks to advancements in medical technology and food security and all of that, more life is expected to last longer in both developing and highly industrialized countries. Due to these advances, in some areas of the world, 100 is the new 80. Put that in perspective. We're raised with ideas that you're already basically old while you're in the 40s, right? We're raised with those ideas. But now we're living a life where we've extended our life by decades from the concepts that were held in the heads of those who are raising us when we were born right? So there's a paradigm shift that has to happen also in our thinking, right? And when I work with my clients, it's important for us to think about that, to to anticipate an extended life, right? And now we see why it makes sense. This lessons this desire for creating more meaning in one's life. Do the math. You're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Let's say you're going to live in your 80s. You've 40 years ahead. Four decades of decent health. I know my parents, they're in their early 70s and are in impressive health. My father is still working, right? My mother is is running the show like she always has, right? I am in my early to mid 40s. So 44, 54, 64. I have 30 years ahead of me That is important when we think about how we want to be showing up in our lives. What are we going to be doing next, right? And this is what my clients often come to me in their 50s. They're asking themselves, now what? And I tell you what, when this happens in a call, it is like the person is on the brink of either doing something dramatically different or giving up and just settling. Really? Really? Someone who says they're happy but unsatisfied. You know, when I look at that person, I know what they're capable of. There's something inside of me that just goes, you have 10, 20, 30 more years ahead of you to, to shift people's lives, to make an impact, to have joy, to engage in your day in ways that delight you. Right? Not just be like, oh, well, I'm 50. Okay, I guess this is my life. Right? How many of you have thought that? Right? Like, well, this is the life I built, and here I am, and I should just accept it. All right? It's okay. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm unsatisfied, but here I am. I see this all the time. Right? But what I also see are people saying, actually, I am going to make the most of this. I am going to see what I can do. And usually, what I've watched is it takes a good year of reflection and some old fashioned hard work at discovering exactly how you'd like to shift things. And on the other side of that, they are living a completely different life and everybody benefits. <laughs> right. So I think it's important for us when we do, when we are facing one, two, three, or four decades more than we had planned for back when our parents were raising us, is to ask that question. Now, what? But with an energy of excitement, not, oh, now what? (laughs) I'm thinking of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Now, what? No, not Eeyore energy, Tigger energy, right? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, what? Right, we've got this time ahead of us, and and so what I, my favorite example is Julie Child. Right, she didn't even start cooking until after forty, and what do you know? It shortly before her fiftieth birthday, mastering the art of French cooking came out, and the rest is history. Right. So what if we took whatever is happening with you? If you want to call it a midlife crisis, be my guest. Whatever you're feeling right now, if you are in midlife, and look at whether you have Eeyore energy or Tigger energy, right? What has to happen for you to shift from Eeyore energy to Tigger energy? And before before I go into some of those shifts, I do really want to acknowledge the complexity that midlife does bring with it. So we talked in, I think one episode ago about toxic positivity. So please, with all seriousness, this isn't a change your attitude and let's be happy. This is let's find our agency, right? Because I understand in midlife, many, many people are dealing, let's say, with They call the sandwich generation where you're raising your kids. You either have middle schoolers or teenagers, which is already probably challenging enough. And you have aging parents, right? Maybe you're in a marriage and you're asking yourself, is this still serving me? All of those things can be happening at the same time right? Maybe you're feeling stretched by what's going on with your limited job opportunity, because people that are younger than you are being surpassed for promotion. And you're asking yourself, why have I dedicated myself this long to my work to not be rewarded? Right? Or maybe you're facing your own health and how that's changing. I want to acknowledge that that is all true. And one of the things that I think is important is when all of those things are happening at one time we do not have the luxury of being sloppy with our self care right taking excellent care of our health i call that first class self care being amazing with our boundaries and i would also invite a little mind hygiene right what stories are we telling ourselves that are helping us feel defeated in this phase of life and instead what could we be Focusing on that would actually help us reclaim some of our personal power and take charge of where we are in all of the complexity. All right, so let's go on. I want to talk about this the problems with the midlife crisis framing, and offer a few alternatives just to see how that resonates with you. One, I think the problem with midlife crisis, the first is the cliches. Like let's just get that out of the out of the way. I know you're thinking of a sports car with a guy in a leather jacket and a secretary in a red dress, right? I just know that's what you're thinking. <laughs> and this is a really common cliche that I have been um, raised with in the media. I'm curious across cultures what other cliches come up. But this idea of crisis is something that we, we kind of um, we make fun of someone who's in that case, like, oh, look at what they're doing, right? And we, we look at that as if we're better than them right? And it, we look at those cliches and we say, I am above a, a crisis, right? When that is our standard of a midlife crisis, which, which actually will then be bad news for you if something hits you that feels like a crisis, right? Because you weren't owning the fact that you're human and maybe you could go through some tough stuff. The other thing I think is problem with this idea of midlife crisis is the word crisis literally means danger right it's a danger it's a time of intense difficulty or danger but like what if this unraveling that's happening for you if you're feeling that right now if you do identify with that what if that is like the best worst thing that ever happened to you right what if what if something is shifting and on the other side even though it's not comfortable, on the other side is a life um, you can't wait to live, right? There's another. That's another problem when people are feeling like they're in a, a crisis. It's something dangerous, but what if it's actually saving you from a life that feels unsatisfactory? I think the other thing that happens when we talk about when people get into a space where they're struggling with midlife is there's this idea of forever right when i work with people in midlife they look at whatever job choices they made whatever where they live or maybe how they live if they agreed to let's say expat life or maybe even some of their long-time friendships or relationships this idea of forever is there and it sets up this this emotion of if I change something, I'm breaking something, right? It's like positioning your life as a brick house that you built, right? There's a foundation, there's construction, you build with bricks and they're cemented. And if you want, you first you decorate it, right? And if you want something different, you just change the decorations. But you have the exact foundation, the the size of the walls, And the size of the rooms stay the same. The layout stays the same. So if you're left unsatisfied and you see your life as that brick house, what are your options? Like break down the house that you built for the last 20 years? That sounds awful. (laughs) It sounds like a loss of a huge investment, right? And this is something that I see happening over and over with my clients where they come to me feeling almost shameful. They say, I spent the last 20 years building a life that now I don't know if I want, right? And it's like, they're looking at the house they built. They're seeing their life in terms of a brick house. And now they're saying, what do I do? Do I take a sledgehammer to this? Or do I just accept that these walls feel small and live with it, right? But what if we looked at it differently? What if when we're in midlife and we're looking at the things we have created around us, Instead of this brick house that should be built and stay the same forever, what if we saw it differently? Like, what if we let ourselves see what we've built in our life as way more organic, right? Let's play with that a little bit. Let's play with how that shifts our energy when we look at our life, midlife. Instead of that brick house, what if we saw ourselves in a garden, right? We've got this process, planting seeds, and then we have the fruits of our labor. Sometimes, you know, bugs come along and destroy what we've built. Other times we have the sweet fruit. Sometimes we like to shift depending on the season and change what we're growing, right? It gives us so much more flexibility when we stop looking at our life like a brick house, and we start looking at it like something organic, like a garden, Right? Meaning, look at what I've been planting for years. Look at the soil, the fertile soil that I have nurtured or maybe neglected. Right? What do I do now? What do I do now to have this garden be a place that I want to be? Right? That is, I think, a shift that people can look at. And I see this, I'm sharing this because I see this come through a lot in coaching. And even when I share this with you, I have like tension my shoulders where I feel like I have something heavy on my back, that's the energy that clients will come to me with when they're like, ah, I'm 50 and I've lived abroad for 12 years. I've been the accompanying partner. My partner has a career. I don't have a lot of professional experience. I've been volunteering a lot. So do I just accept this and I ride this out until my husband retires, right? It's like this heavy weight saying, this is the house I built and now it's on my back instead of flinging open the gates of the garden going, let's look at the soil. What's fertile, what's not? Let's do something, right? So that's a shift I'd invite you to make. There's another one that really is connected to um, this idea of seeing our life in a more organic way. And that is something I really hold dearly from Dr. Martha Beck when she talks about transformation. And she talks about transformation most simply like a butterfly. Right? So there's this adorable, cute, chubby caterpillar who is rocking on the beautiful floor, you know, the soil and is an amazing caterpillar, right? Loves life as a caterpillar. And one day the caterpillar goes, kind of done being a caterpillar. (laughs) And it wakes up in the chrysalis, but it's not a caterpillar in the chrysalis. And there's like this trust that somehow the DNA will know how to reform itself into something amazing, right? That's that space of bug soup. And when that reformulation starts happening, can you imagine how frightened that little former caterpillar is? (laughs) But this thing starts to form and shift. And that's the same thing that happens often when I see my clients in midlife. It's like, wait a minute, all the things I've been building my caterpillar life was really amazing. And something is shifting inside, whether it's internal or maybe something from the outside shifted. And now you find yourself in the cocoon and bug soup, and it can feel scary because you don't know what's next. And then over time, the shape starts to form, and you fight your way out of this cocoon, out of the chrysalis. And it's that hard work of the fight, actually that makes you strong enough to fly as a butterfly, right? So again, if you're feeling like midlife in the hard, what if you took this organic metaphor of the caterpillar and put yourself in this story? Where are you? Are you the caterpillar? Are you in bug soup? Are you fighting out of the cocoon? Or are you in full flight? right because that is transformation that is closer to how life usually works much more accurate than the brick house right it's living and breathing and changing all the time and i get it right now personally i'm going through some bug soup right now there's some stuff that's shifting in me and it you'll see it start shifting as well in my business and i find myself there in the soup going ah oh, Really? Am I going to make it out there? Am I strong enough to fight through and on the other side am I really going to be a butterfly? And then I asked myself, what if I'm really a moth? <laughs> so self-doubt comes, right? When you're in that phase. When I got this self-doubt and I was asking myself, am I really a moth? I just googled cool moths and I saw these awesome pictures and it made me feel better. <laughs> so, that's it. Like What if we looked at midlife in the hard differently, right? What if instead we really focused on the belief that the best is yet to come, right? And we thought about the time that we have in terms of possibilities, kind of like being a teenager, but just wiser. (laughs) What if we looked at midlife as a chance to reset and build a life that you can't wait to wake up to in the morning, I think those are more interesting questions than what will I do when I retire, right? What can we do to place a power in our hands, right? A power that society tells us we don't have, right? All the rampant ageism, and especially in youth-obsessed places like the US where we're told the best is behind us, it's like, oh, no, no. (laughs) What if we believed what the woman told me when I turned 40. She said, life begins at 40, right? That's something I invite you to think about differently. With midlife in the hard, how do we hold the hard and still hold our own power, right? This is just a taste to get us thinking about midlife in our midlife in the hard series this week. It's part of a four-week series called Global Life in the Hard, and I'm really excited for us to continue this conversation. All right. If you want more on midlife, you can check out my podcast, episode 117, Midlife Marriage Meltdown with Vivian Chawana. That took place last year on Expat Happy Hour. Plus, get inside my Facebook group, Expats on Purpose. This week, we're going to feature graduates of Expats Coalition And Don Fleming will be there to talk about midlife reset in the heart. Jane Ordaz will be talking about menopause in the heart. You might recognize Jane from episode 177, Mellowing Menopause with Jane Ordaz. All right. So join us, an expat coach coalition inside Expats on Purpose. If you haven't signed up yet for Global Life in the Heart, do so. That is in the show notes. But listen, before you go, I have something important that I want to say. Because I'm celebrating my 250th episode, I feel like I have, it's like my birthday and I get to (laughs) celebrate a little bit longer. I would love to just do a special call out to any one of you who are listening and you've ever felt for you, your next step in your life is to do more to serve expats. Or maybe you already work with expats and you want to elevate how you do it. If that is you, I would love for you to apply to Expat Coach Coalition. If you haven't heard about it already, you can see some of the amazing women who've graduated from Expat Coach Coalition. It is a five-month program where we focus on one part, the art of coaching, especially people in global mobility, tools that I have tested over a decade that I'll place in your hands that you can use and um, share with other expats through the program, Adapt and Succeed. And I'll also pass down all the things that I've learned in my location independent business over the last eight years, plus being in corporate in the industry over a decade. I want to be able to share that with you. And that's how I do it through Expat Coach Coalition. It's industry leading professionals united by our passion for serving expats right? Listen, things are hard right now. We are needed more than ever. And that's exactly what Expat Coach Coalition does. So join forces with me and these other amazing professionals, because this is a way we can help and bring resources to our unique global community, right? And who doesn't want to be surrounded by proven materials that will transform your business, plus amplify how your clients get success, plus a wonderful community of people that get you. All right, check it out. The link for Expat Coach Coalition is in the show notes. Thank you, everyone. You've been listening to Expat Happy Hour, our 250th episode. This is Sunday Schneider Bean. Thank you for listening. I'll leave you with the wonderful words of Jim Palmer there is 100% of the rest of your life left. Um. <laughs>